Welcome to Keep the Republic with Dr. Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee Conservatives of Picture Perfect Window Cleaning, Michael Hahn of Fathom Realty, and ThinkExodus.org. And now, here's Daniel. Welcome to another episode of Keep the Republic. I'm Daniel Bobinski, and thank you so much for tuning in. Lots has been happening in the country lately. And let's start by talking about the vote that took place in Congress this past week. The U.S. House of Representatives overwhelmingly passed a bill that would increase the amount of money that the United States can borrow. Or more accurately, they legally increase the amount of money that we as a nation can go into debt. <laughs> now, why did they do this? Well, because the government's debt limit maxes out on Monday and the nation would be in default of its loans unless something was done. My take on this is pretty straightforward. Rather than be fiscally responsible and spend within our means, our government keeps writing checks and accounts that are already severely overdrawn. If you and I did what they're doing, we'd be arrested. But our congressional representatives and the current White House occupants seem to think that they can just keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. Thankfully, one of Idaho's congressional representatives, Russ Fulcher, voted no on this. Unfortunately, the state's other congressional rep, Mike Simpson, did vote yes. In fact, 72% of our people's representatives nationwide said, sure, let's go deeper into debt. Now, I'm not in favor of some kind of acute shock to our economy or having our interest rates go up or people losing their jobs or damaging our country's credit rating. But it would be really nice if they would set some kind of mandatory reduction in spending when they did this kind of thing to go along with putting our nation another $4 trillion in debt. You know, you think about it, you do the math, the government just voted to take an additional $12,000 of your money and another $12,000 from your spouse and an additional 12000 from each of your children and grandchildren and parents and cousins and neighbors. Every American is now going to be $12,000, no matter what their age, more in debt. Making a grand total, as we reach our $35 trillion debt here in a year or two, a total of $100,000 that each person in this country is going to owe government coffers. I would like to reiterate that our government is not a person. People make up our government. People who can't seem to put a limit on spending your money or my money. Again, of course, we had to do something because if we hit the limit, we'd be in default. And a default would mean that the United States couldn't borrow any more money, couldn't pay its bills. And that pretty much would have wreaked havoc on the global economy. Predictions are that both the consumer prices and mortgage rates would spin out of control worldwide. But as I said, it sure would be nice if they would put some conditions on this bill, which they didn't do. Too many of our elected neighbors love their positions of power. And they're unwilling to do the right thing because they really don't want to get called names in the media that will twist truth and very quickly misrepresent what's going on. 
so it's kind of a bad thing, necessary thing. I really am very disappointed, very disappointed in what our House of Representatives did and, and what our speaker did in negotiating. Very, very bad deal for Americans. Uh, before I move on to my next topic, like I said, there's lots going on this week. Let me acknowledge a few of our sponsors, including the Exodus Institute. You can find them at thinkexodus.org. They're a fully accredited K-12 online school. Your students will be taught by experienced and credentialed teachers with Christian values, no political agendas, no woke indoctrination. And guess what? If you're already homeschooling, they got a supplemental program for kids in 5th through 12th grade with on-demand video. They do all the teaching. They do all the grading. Only 20 bucks a month, and you can cancel anytime. Learn more by going to thinkexodus.org, thinkexodus.org. And also, it's beautiful spring days, which means you want to look out your windows and see the beautiful yard. And you can save yourself some money if you call Picture Perfect Window Cleaning and tell them you heard about them on the Keep the Republic show. They're going to give you a discount. Oh, and by the way, they do more than window cleaning. They also do gutter cleaning, pressure washing, and screen repair. And if you tell them you heard about them from Keep the Republic, you're going to get $50 off any window cleaning job over $250 or 10% off your total bill, whichever is greater. They do both business and residential. Again, just tell them you heard about them on the Keep the Republic show. Okay, on to my next topic. Um, about six months ago, I came across a video by a woman named Leslie Elliott that really caught my attention. Here's a lady who was getting her master's degree in clinical mental health counseling from Antioch University in Seattle. And as she was just about done, Antioch University got all woke on her, and they wanted her to sign a civility pledge. In essence, signing that pledge meant that Leslie would have to align herself with all sorts of woke ideology as she was doing her mental health counseling. That pledge was not part of the curriculum that she signed up for, but yet they wanted her to sign it. So even though she went through all the education and training, she was not awarded her degree because she wouldn't play these woke games. Well, I had her on my TV show to discuss that issue. And she now has a company where she works as a coach and a consultant, and she regularly puts out videos. And one video she did recently caught my eye because it had to do with pronouns, this pronoun game that's going on all around us. And the title of her video was Pronouns, Why You Should Not Be Playing Along. And as I listened to it, I felt like she did an excellent, excellent, outstanding job of putting her finger on why so many of us are frustrated with this big push to use preferred pronouns. And so I reached out to Leslie again, and we got together on Zoom this past week, and I had her elaborate a little bit on these three points that she was talking about in her video. And I'm going to play that interview for you. But before I do, I want to play a few short clips from her initial video. Like as I said, she does a great job of identifying what's really going on. So if you've been frustrated by this big push for pronouns, I think what Leslie has to say is going to help you understand why it's frustrating. Let's go ahead now and listen to her three reasons why we shouldn't be playing this pronoun game. The question that that was in my mind is, is this just some sort of new etiquette? Is this just neo-etiquette? This is how we do things now? Is it harmless? And it seems to be that a lot of people are taking it as, as such, but I would argue that it is not. And I, I think for three main reasons, and I think it's because for one thing, it undermines self-con 
confidence and resilience. And it fosters uh, the illusion that one's self-concept is dependent on external validation by others. Uh, for the second reason is that it endorses and encourages narcissistic behavior. And the third reason is that it, it creates and perpetuates gender confusion for children, which is, uh, is really concerning. There are so many great insights there. And one of them, her second point is that the people who are using these pronouns, they want to demand that we use their chosen pronouns, that they're actually using narcissistic behavior. They're displaying narcissism. And here's a short clip from Leslie's original video that elaborates on that. So another way that uh, I think that this is harmful is through the, the second reason that I um, that I listed was that it endorses and fosters narcissism, narcissistic behavior, interpersonally exploitative behavior, like I'm using you in order to reflect the image of myself that I want to see, entitlement, which is you owe it to me to affirm what I say, lack of empathy, which is I don't care what you really think or feel. This is, I want you to do it, do it my way. And arrogance, which is, I'm going to say that I'm hurt. You, you hurt me. You have to do what I say. Uh, you have to bend to my will or I'll say you're harming me. Okay. Now let's listen into my conversation with Leslie Elliott on this lasts about nine minutes. Well, joining us now is Leslie Elliott with the Radical Center Consulting <laughs> website. Leslie, welcome back to Keep the Republic. It's really nice to see you, Daniel. Thanks for talking with me. You bet. Well, the reason I wanted to have you on was uh, this video that you did recently. That I, I've been following your stuff on YouTube, and you just nailed it with this video clip we just watched about this uh, this whole pronoun thing. And the three reasons are just, I wanted you to elaborate just a little bit. It's one that you said that this undermines self-confidence and it fosters the idea that our self-concept is dependent upon others, that it encourages narcissistic behavior, and that it creates or perpetuates gender confusion for children. Those are three powerful reasons. Let's talk first about the one with the uh, undermining the self-confidence that we have to depend on somebody else to tell us who we are. What are your thoughts? Elaborate a little bit on that. Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. So first of all, I really wanted to make a distinction between uh, being pressured to give your own third person pronouns, which is something that's happening so frequently right now. We're seeing it a lot in emails and, and, and people are even offering them up when meeting each other. There's this pressure to go along with this. And I wanted to make a distinction between feeling pressured to do that and being someone who recognizes that they're they're wanting to do that. So there are people who want to, and there's people who don't. And I'm really speaking to the people who are feeling the the social pressure uh, to to go along with something, and they're thinking maybe this is just harmless, and I should just I should just play along and and keep my head down and and go with the flow. And I wanted to offer these people some encouragement to stick to their. Uh, stick to their uh, gut instinct that they're having and and some reasons why it is important to stand your ground on this. And so the first reason was is really it, just like you said, it undermines your self the self-concept and sense of resiliency for people who are 
doing this, who are wanting to give third person pronouns and feeling dependent on hearing these reflected back to them from other people, because it places the the value of one's self-concept outside of oneself. It, it says, I am not valid unless you reflect back to me the identity that I want to put out into the world. And so it's, it's, it's externalizing one's own value and the responsibility for your self-confidence in the world. And so that's really the first reason that I gave. Did you want to go further into that one? No, I, I, I think, well, you, you talked about we're being asked to lie for someone if we're asked to use their pronouns. So what you're saying, right. is, you know, I don't, I shouldn't feel pressured to give mine, right? I, mm -hmm. But that really caught me too when you said that we're being asked to lie for somebody. It's true because when we're talking about pronouns, this whole this whole discussion in our culture around pronouns, we're not we're not talking about the pronouns that we would use when we're speaking to each other and about ourselves. So if I'm talking to you, the only pronoun I'm going to use for you is you. And if I'm going to talk about myself, the only pronoun I'm going to use is, is like me, I, I might use say, I might say we, we might say us, but at the point where we're being asked to give gendered pronouns, we're talking about third person pronouns. So somebody telling you that they want you to use a specific set of third person pronouns that don't comport with what you're observing in that person is somebody asking you to do some reputation building for them on their behalf to other people. They're saying, talk about me this way when you talk about me, not talk to me this way, not here's my name and this is what you can call me, but here's how you're going to talk about me to other people. And so if you're, if you're being asked to use a set of third person pronouns that, that are other than what you would observably choose to use for that individual, you are in essence being asked to lie for that person. And as I said in the video, there are times when you might choose to do that, but you should make that choice for yourself, depending on the relationship that you have with that person and the way that you actually perceive that person. And uh, as, a, as a cultural sort of new etiquette, this politeness ritual around pro pronouns, it is fostering a lie. It is fostering dishonesty. Well, you mentioned narcissism, too, as your second reason to not play along because it encourages narcissistic behavior. Elaborate a little bit on that, please. Okay, yeah, it does. It 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 fosters narcissistic behavior and, and a couple of examples of narcissistic traits that are encouraged by this pronoun game are um, interpersonal exploitation. So using somebody in order to get something back for yourself. So I'm using you to reflect back to me the image that I want to see of myself because you're you're now you have to use these words about me and that gives me a sense of validation it's not about your relationship to me in a genuine way but it's I'm using you another one would be entitlement because once everybody is required to go along with the pronoun game there's a sense of entitlement you must refer to me the way that I'm asking you to refer to me you I deserve to be spoken mm. to the way that I'm asking to be spoken to and Another one is lack of empathy. That's another narcissistic trait because it says, I don't really care what you think. When you look at me, I, it doesn't matter what you think and what your opinion is. I'm going to tell you how you should behave regardless of what you actually think. I'm going to dictate the way that you're to speak of me when you talk about me. And then the final example that I gave of narcissistic traits that are encouraged by this is, is arrogance. And it's this demand. You must do as I say. And that's very similar to entitlement, but it's just a demand that the other person um, produce the words about you that you are requesting or or demanding. 
It, it is a demanding thing. You mm -hmm. also mentioned as your third reason that it perpetuates gender confusion in children. Please elaborate on that. Well, this is really happening quite frequently in schools. So this is happening in um, in elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, colleges, universities. And what we're doing is we're creating an atmosphere where it is considered polite. It's again, I, I call this a politeness ritual, but it's it's now considered polite to act as if you can't know someone's sex without them letting you know what that is. So we're all supposed to have this blindness to things that are, in fact, some of the very first categories that our mind makes when we observe other people. So we're pretending that we don't see something that we all see. And to do this as a culture-wide phenomenon creates more and more confusion in young people. And, it, and I think that there are really good reasons to be concerned about what's happening with young people around gender. Yeah, well, it's happening in schools. We have undercover video of uh, reporters going in, talking to teachers, and the teachers are saying, oh, we don't use this language around the parents because it sets them off. Mm -hmm. But in the classroom, we teach the kids this. Mm -hmm. So they're basically lying to parents. And what you're saying is this really does a disservice to children. Absolutely. It, it fosters confusion and to, I think, uh, really concerning ends. And I just spoke with a parent uh, in a video for my channel last week who brought some curriculum that was its uh, a sex education curriculum for kids ages 4 through 12 or 5 through 12. And it was very concerning, the kind of confusion that's that's being sown in children purposefully. And I think that this is just one example of how we're contributing to that through these things. So this, again, it's, this is, this, this whole video was meant to encourage people who are fence sitting and aren't sure if they should go along with something that, that they know in their gut doesn't feel right to give them some reasons to um, go ahead and trust that gut instinct and, and know that it's, it's worth taking a stand in this case. And your your website has a link to your YouTube uh, channel. What is your website again? It's theradicalcenterconsulting.com. Okay, so people can go to theradicalcenterconsulting.com. They can get a link to your YouTube channel to watch this video and follow you and what you're talking about, so talking common sense to people. Leslie Elliott, thank you so much for joining me here on Keep the Republic. Thank you very much, Daniel. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Amazing interview. If you want to watch this interview with Leslie, it is a video. You can just go to the Keep the Republic website, keeptherepublic.us, not .com, .us. The video interview is embedded in the article that I wrote on this. And in that article, you can also find a link to Leslie's entire 15-minute video on pronouns, and why we should not be playing along. Now, I have an example from Christianity that's gonna help us understand why we also shouldn't be playing this pronoun game. But first, I wanna thank a couple more of our sponsors. Michael Hahn from Fathom Realty. Whether you're a buyer or a seller, you can be confident that Mike's gonna keep your best interest in mind and represents you with integrity. If you're selling, Mike's gonna help you prepare your property so it appeals to the broadest market of buyers and he'll help you determine the best price the market will bear. If you're buying, 
Mike's going to help you find the property that meets your needs. Mike is a graduate of the Realtors Institute. He holds multiple specialist designations, and he's been doing this since 2005. Contact Michael Hahn at IdahoInvestmentProperties.com. That's IdahoInvestmentProperties.com. Also want to give a shout out to Conservatives Of. They've been a host of this show since the beginning. Conservatives Of is a political action committee that helps get constitutionally minded Christian folks elected to office, and they support conservative legislation. They work by donation. So what we want to do is contact them at conservativesof.com, make a donation because that's how they can help get our cause set in place in the state legislature here in Idaho. Again, conservativesof.com and thank them for sponsoring us. Okay, now let's put some shoe leather on what Leslie Elliott was talking about. I want to incorporate a Christian example. I heard recently a trans activist say, and I'm going to quote here, saying that trans women are not women is devaluing. It's depriving them of their identity. Isn't that a nice guilt-trippy statement? It really is a sentence designed to make us feel guilty. But let's examine that statement in light of what Leslie Elliott said. How healthy is it? to make it so someone else is responsible for another person's sense of self-worth. Let's especially think about this in terms of being a Christian. Think about it. If all the Christians made other people responsible for their self-worth, then all the Christians in the world then would be perpetually deflated because of how atheists denigrate Christians saying things like believers are weak human beings who need to create God in their own image because they can't handle the world by themselves, because people say that. Or atheists who say that Jesus might have been a real person, but he was just a good man, one of many so-called prophets who claimed to be the Messiah. If Christians said that their sense of identity was based on what other people said about them, then we would be easily defeated. So if someone who claims to be trans feels devalued or feels that their identity is being deprived of them, then they really don't have much faith in their own position. They're simply wanting other people to prop them up. So riding with that a little more, can you imagine if all the Christians in the world said to atheists something like, you need to always refer to me as a believer? who's been washed clean by the blood of Christ and totally forgiven of his sins. And if you don't say those things about me, then you're devaluing me and you're depriving me of my identity. Can you imagine how much such statements would be ridiculed in mainstream media? And yet our schools, our teachers, our school superintendents, people in our government, they're out there saying that we have to use these pronouns and lie about people just so they can feel comfortable living their lie. Even if atheists think that all Christians have lost their marbles, and I know a few atheists who do think that, they think we're lying to ourselves. Do you think even for a moment that our schools and the people in our government would tell those atheists that they have to tell others that we Christians are washed in the blood and forgiven of our sins, and if they don't do it, they're going to lose their jobs? or like in Canada, even get thrown in prison? 
when we examine this mindset from all angles and do so logically like what Leslie Elliott did, then I think we can see that when people push for us to use their chosen pronouns, instead of relying on factual evidence that's right before our eyes, when they push for that and they try to hold us over a barrel, it is one of the most mentally unhealthy, narcissistic things to ever enter our culture. Now, I'm not saying that we're not to love these people. Scripture is very clear. We are supposed to love people. But the love that's defined by Paul in 1 Corinthians is the same love that Jesus spoke of. It's not huggy, warm, and fuzzy love. The type of love that Jesus is talking about, all those words are verbs, action words. Every part of 1 Corinthians 13 that's describing love is using verbs, not feeling words. So I'm strongly going to recommend that you visit keeptherepublic.us, watch my interview with Leslie Elliott, and then click the link and watch her original video on this subject, because we have to be of sound mind if we are going to keep this republic. I think we have to use our brains and not be guilt-tripped into things that violate the truth right before our eyes. All right, that's going to be it for this week. This is Daniel Bobinski with Keep the Republic. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic, sponsored by Conservatives of Picture Perfect Window Cleaning, Michael Hahn of Fathom Realty, thinkexodus.org. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.